1: What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked Raiders Podcast, November 17th, 2021. Your boy Q here. I'd like to thank everyone off top for making the Locked Raiders Podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the show Locked Raiders Podcast free and available on all platforms. And how do I know that you make it the first listen each and every day? Because on Tuesday, there was some kind of hang up, some kind of glitch where the show didn't publish right away. And so it was supposed to be up there. And Raider Nation, I'm telling you, it's supposed to be up there outside of like 99.9% of the time. Every once in a while from traveling or it's a late game, like the game on Sunday night, something like that. It'll be up usually by about 12:15 Pacific Standard Time AM. That's when it's supposed to be up by. But on Tuesday, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. And so I didn't find find out till about 6 a.m pacific standard time that the show hadn't published yet so when i went back and looked at it it just hadn't taken off for some reason just like it was hung up or something Someone, you know how sometimes you just got to reset things like turn off your phone and turn it back on well basically that's what i had to do but i had to do it with the actual show just kind of reset it and then it published and it took off but i appreciate everyone who reached out to me by way of twitter at your boy q254 i was like q there's no pod There's no pod. Where's the pod today? And so uh, just by that many people reaching out and letting me know that they couldn't find the show as early in the morning as it was, I know that you make the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. At some point, maybe at the end of the week, I'll update you on uh, the downloads for the year and how we're just on an incredible pace and uh, breaking records left and right. And it's just, it's been fantastic. So uh, thank you for all the support. Every time I meet somebody who listens to the show faithfully, it's just awesome to hear what that show uh, means to you on the daily. And it just, it blows my mind to this day, but I really do appreciate it. So thank you so much. Coming up on today's show, with all that being... Being said, segment number three, your calls and texts. Straight off that Locked On Raider Podcast, voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Got a bunch of calls and texts to get to. I'll get to as many as possible on today's show. Segment number two, I had a really good interview. I felt like a very good interview with former Raider safety Van McElroy on Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. I was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, and uh, had an opportunity to talk to him for about 15 minutes. I thought it was a really good interview going back to 1989, and uh, this kind of goes off the heels of Tim Brown and the tweet that I read on Tuesday's show. Uh, Van McElroy was on that team that lost their brother in uh, 1989, so they had to deal with adversity in the locker room. They had to deal with a lot of stuff that was going on and so just wanted to get his perspective and his thoughts on how that affects the locker room because we've been talking a lot about what's been going off off the field with the Silver and black. so somebody who was there, been there, done that and had to deal with some issues, uh, I want to get his perspective so I talked to him on Tuesday, I thought it was a fantastic interview I'm going to play that in full in segment number two because I do think that you should hear it and check it out and here in segment number one as I do on the daily, like to give you the news and the notes of the day so let's go ahead and jump right into it so off top let me go ahead and give you some roster news. The Raiders made four guys. Uh, They protected them on their practice squad as of Tuesday. And this week's four guys that they protected, guard DJ Fluker, uh, center Neronis Grassu, and I know I said his name wrong, but he's a center, another offensive lineman. They protected him. Quarterback Nate Peterman, and then fullback Sutton Smith. Fullback Sutton Smith is the one that I told you about on Tuesday that the Raiders actually added to the roster. Uh, obviously, he's going to be a guy that's going to fill that void of Alec Ingold at some point. I'm not saying that they're going to move him up and he'll be active this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, but he's obviously going to fill that fullback position. Uh, I think Foster Moreau is going to get a little bit of burn at that position as well, but uh, most likely you'll probably see Sutton Smith. Uh, added to the 53-man roster sooner rather than later. But those are the four guys that the Raiders protected on the practice squad for this week. I also wanted to give you some Pro Football Focus grades. I say it all the time: Pro Football Focus is not the end-all, be-all. But there's a lot of different grades that uh, rank pretty high and, and pretty positive for Raiders defensive players. And so I wanted to pass those along. Again, just take that with the you know understanding that it does not mean that this is the best player in the league or this is the best you know defensive guy in the league. But just know that they're being graded pretty high by Pro Football Focus. And we'll start with Max Crosby. We've talked a lot about him throughout the course of the year. And Pro Football Focus put out uh, Max Crosby had another dominant performance in Week 10. 92.2 was his pass rush grade, best among edges, 13 pressures, four more than any other edge, and a 41% pass rush win rate. And that was the best in Week 10. And he leads the NFL currently with 63 quarterback pressures. No other defender has more than 50. Now, with all that being said, he has only, what, five sacks to the season. You know, I mean, so it's good to get pressures. I love to see him get pressures, but I'd like to see him get home and get a couple more sacks. Uh, I think that that's what obviously the Raiders need him and Ngakwe. They're doing really good getting pressures to the quarterback, but they need to get more sacks. And when it comes to Max Crosby, I mean, look how much he got held on Sunday. Look how many times the Chiefs offensive linemen held him. So if he had that kind of pass rush grade and he was being held as much as he was, could you imagine if, you know, they actually didn't hold him or they actually called a few of those penalties? It would have been even higher, and I'm sure he probably would have got to Patrick Mahomes. Now, later on in the in the game i'll say there wasn't a whole lot of pass rush at all. So, a lot of his work clearly came early in the game because later in the game, you didn't see a whole lot from anybody on that Raiders defensive line. Sticking along with that theme right there, let's continue to talk about defensive linemen and their pressures. According to Pro Football Focus, total pressures amongst NFL pass rush duos. And Max Crosby I already told you he leads the league with 63. No other defender has more than 50. So, uh, their pass rush duo, Unique uh, Ngakwe and Max Crosby, is 104. And they are number one in the league. And then uh, Landry and Simmons in Tennessee have 94. And then Garrett and Clowney in Cleveland have 84. But Crosby and Ngakwe uh, team up for 104. I would still like to see them get a little bit more, uh, get home a little bit more, get a couple more sacks under their belt. But uh, Max Crosby has five and Ngakwe has six. So that's, I mean, that's 11 between the two of them. I'd like to see them both get up to double digits sooner rather than later before the season is over. That would be uh, a heck of a duo. And I, I do think that they will get there. I think they have the ability to get there. As long as they stay healthy, they should get there. Uh, But, man, it it would be nice to see them, especially in some of these high-pressure moments uh, when the defense needs to come up with a big play to come up with one late in the game and seal the deal on a victory. But uh, not bad for the duo right there. Crosby leading the way with 63. And then you got Yannick Ngakwe with 41. For a total of 104 total pressures. And then my final pro football focus stat has to do with rookies. They put out a piece saying the top 15 highest grade players through week 10 NFL rookie edition. And the Raiders have two guys represented on this top 15 list. So that's not bad. We've been talking about draft picks. We've been talking about the Raiders failures when it comes to draft picks. Well, they have two guys that are current rookies that are on the top 15 list at number eight cornerback Nate Hobbs fifth round pick out of Illinois pro football focus overall grade 77.6 and what they had to say with about him even after a hot start to the year Hobbs was not above getting torched by Patrick Mahomes just like the rest of his teammates Sunday night he yielded the most yards he's allowed in a single game all season with 70 so Nate Hobbs has been having a really good season for the Raiders but uh, even he became a victim on Sunday night of Patrick Mahomes and everything that he was able to do and even with that being said he's still number eight on this list as far as top 15 highest graded rookies throughout the NFL through week 10. So who else is representing on this list for the silver and black? Well, that's the second round pick out of TCU safety, Trayvon Merrick. Uh, he's number 13, pro football focus, overall grade 72.8. And he said Merrick with. And they said Merrick was seemingly the only member of the Raiders secondary who didn't resemble burnt toast by the end of Sunday Night Football. He continues to be reliable in a single high roll and came away with a pass breakup on his lone target against the Chiefs. So uh, something that we've all been saying about Trayvon Merrick all year long is that he doesn't see a whole lot of action, but when he does he goes out and makes plays. And you know he tried to make an interception at the goal line almost came up with an interception. He didn't. Next play, Patrick Mahomes comes up with a touchdown as Jonathan Abram got burnt but uh, he's been playing some good ball. So He comes in at number 13 with that 72.8 overall grade, according to Pro Football Focus, through Week 10 for NFL rookies. Not bad for the second-round pick out of TCU. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. News and notes of the day. As you see, not a whole lot of news, not a whole lot of notes. There was no media session on Tuesday. Uh, The Raiders had an off day, so uh, they will get back at it this afternoon. Uh, Head coach Richard Passaccia will meet with the media. Derek Carr will meet with the media. And I'm sure they'll roll out a few other players to meet with the media as well. I believe that'll be about 1.15. It's scheduled to be a 1.15 start Pacific Standard Time at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So uh, you can check out for that. And I'm sure this time, unlike on Monday, they'll actually stream it. So if you want to check it out live, you can check out their Periscope, uh, Raiders YouTube. Uh, You can check it out on uh, Raiders.com. And, of course, I'll have some sound bites for it coming up on tomorrow's show as well. But that's all I got for you for today's segment number one. Coming up in segment number two, I want you to hear my interview I did with former safety, Raiders safety, Van McElroy. Man, a really good player. I know. There's a lot of fans out there that that was his favorite player, period. Uh, He was a good dude. I've talked to him multiple times, and uh, he dealt with some issues back in 1989, similar to Tim Brown. If you don't know the Tim Brown tweet that I talked about and I referenced earlier in the show, I'll read that tweet before we get into the interview. You'll hear the interview, and then you'll get your own thoughts on off-the-field adversity and what the team is dealing with right now and how that can affect that locker room and what they need to do to be able to move on. Put that in the rearview mirror and be able to move on. You'll hear all that coming up in segment number two, as I talk to Van McElroy. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about a fantastic app that if you drive a car and you get gas, which I believe most of us do, you probably need, and that's GetUpside. All listeners of the Lockdown Raiders podcast are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Simple. This is all you got to do. Download the free GetUpside app in your App Store or Google Play right now. Make sure you use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, well, it just makes sense that they're making a whole lot of money, right? Two, $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch? I mean, you're buying gas anyway. You're driving a lot anyway. You might as well get some of that money back, right? The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime. Either your bank account, PayPal, if you got an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands, you can use those as well. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, promo code TOUCHDOWN when you download the GetUpside app. Segment number two, it's on the way.
0: you locked on Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is... Every day.
1: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into my conversation I had with former Raider safety Van McElroy. Did this on Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920 on my show, Unnecessary Roughness. And it just had to do with off-the-field issues. And, and the reason why I wanted to talk to him about off-the-field issues is he was on the team with Tim Brown in 1989 when they lost their brother. They lost their brother, Stacy Turan, to a single-car accident. He was a big-time player. He was a guy that was loved by all his teammates, and it was he was their brother, you know, and all of a sudden he wasn't there. And that's actually a guy that Van McElroy rode to training camp with. That's when training camp was in Oxnard, California, so he was close to him. Uh, Taran was a safety. McElroy was a safety, so they were close. So that's why I thought it was important to have him on. And the reason I thought that is I saw that tweet from Tim Brown. He sent that out Monday night about what happened in 89. And if you didn't see that tweet or hear me say that tweet on Tuesday's show, it says, At Raiders 24 hours later, I'm reminded of the 89 season when in training camp we lost a starter and a leader on our team. We couldn't visit him or text him to say, I got your back. He was gone forever. It took the team almost half the season to exhale. Right now, everyone thinks they're okay, but you really aren't. The day will come when you can breathe again and move on. Keep fighting, boys. A better day is ahead. That was from Tim Brown, and that made me immediately think of Stacy Turan and how he passed away in 1989 from that single car accident. So with that knowledge, here is my interview I did on Tuesday with former Raider safety Van McElroy. Van, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you, and uh, it was great to, to finally meet you in person back in uh, Canton, Ohio when uh, Tom Flores and Charles Woodson was both put into the Hall of Fame.
0: And those were much better times,
1: <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. I, enjoy, I enjoyed meeting you too, man. Good to have a hug and, and love on each other. That was good stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to go back to that, that moment real quick because, man, that was a heck of a turnout for head coach Tom Flores. And uh, what I was so impressed, and I told him about this as well, is that he talked to and signed autograph or took a picture of everybody or with everybody that was in that building. That was incredible.
0: You know, and, and it should have been because he, outside of being a great coach, just had the ability to bring people together. He's just a good man. And, and you know, that can't be said about a lot of people, Q. I mean, you can think what you want. You know, oftentimes we're caught up with simply winning, and that is super important in this league. But when you can win and the guy also be a good man, goodness gracious, doesn't get any better.
1: Right. No, it really doesn't. So that was a real special moment. I was so glad that I was there to, to be able to you know, just be a part of a small, very small part of it. But uh, that was a lot of fun. We're talking right now with former Raider safety Van McElroy here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, as I mentioned to you on the text when I, when I asked you to come on to the show, I wanted to ask you about off-field distractions. And this Raiders team has been hit with them this year. And before we get into any kind of details and things that have happened with you in, in your career, what have you thought of just from a distance? What what the Raiders have dealt with so far? It's only through Week Ten so far this season.
0: Yeah, you know, they are obviously dealing with a lot. <laughs> I mean, losing a head coach. I mean, you can go down the list of uh, of what's going on there. I, I do know that that all of these guys somewhere within themselves need to understand, you know, the basics when you get into the league, and and you know, you're playing. Uh, for your family. I mean, you're, 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 you're making a living. You're, you're doing those things that are critically important to your life. And so your commitment to what position you're playing, you know, how you're playing, all of those things can't change. And, and sometimes we allow those outside influences just to get to us. And before you know it, a week goes by, two weeks, a month goes by, and there's just no team.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, Van, you mentioned to me before that, you know, when you left school, you left Baylor and you joined the, the Raiders and you had all these guys, these different personalities, uh, you know, uh, around you and you just – it was almost like a, a, a culture shock. But you were able to maintain and manage. And How was it for you when you were trying to adapt to the NFL?
0: There's only one, you know, purpose, especially with the Raiders. It was just made so clear. was just win. And, and in the – I don't care what professional league you're in – if you're winning, things are okay. I mean, there was a lot of there were a lot of issues going on when I ride with the Raiders. I mean, right. you had guys dealing with drugs, you had guys that were getting in trouble, you had, you know, fights on the field, practice field that would come into the locker room. I mean you just these are these are, you know, grown men but still kids a little bit and, and you just had those issues going on, but you always had within that team a, a group of guys that would get everybody together. And, and make sure everyone was was crystal clear about what the goal was here, understanding that if you win, if you win at this place, you are going to get taken care of. And that's, right. that's just the truth. Martin does the same way. I mean, he feels the same way about his players. You win, I take care of you. So somewhere within all of the, the difficult situations, the distractions, the player, the individual, has to understand that, listen, I'm making a living, you know, and the only way I continue to do that is if I play every play the best I can. And and, and once that starts, you know, permeates itself throughout each, each player, it really takes over. And I don't care what's going on, you know, outside the locker room, if those guys can get that part of it together, those plays, like Deshaun, when he, I mean, the guy's a great player. Mm-hmm. But he fumbles it. I mean, what a great catch. But the ball goes away. Those types of plays will not happen. It's, it's, it's hard to understand. But when you are struggling within the locker room, when you're struggling within a team because of all those things that are going on, those are the types of plays that happen, and everybody scratches their heads and wonders
1: why. Talking again with Van McElroy, former Raider Safety here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I, I saw a tweet from Tim Brown Monday night. He referenced what happened in 89 with Stacey Turan, uh, you know, fellow safety, a guy that you were really close with, a guy that you read, you, you rode to training camp with, and it just kind of clicked in my head like, oh, yeah, that happened. How was that locker room? He said that it was affected like half the season before they really, you guys were really able to exhale. How was that feeling in that locker room when when your brother was down?
0: It's brutal. I mean, here's a guy we were just voted in Sports Illustrated, had just voted us prior year as the best tandem of safeties in the National Football League. Mm. It was their front cover. I mean, it was. This guy had so much talent, so much, you know that. What happened for him? He, and, and we were had gotten close. You know, Mike had had gone. Stacy and I started a relationship, and we really played off each other well. And then all of a sudden, bam! That hits, and it is difficult, you know. And, and somewhere within that, though, Q, is that you do have a a group of guys within the locker room, and 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 again, we had veteran players. You know, there are those older guys that really had been through a lot during their careers understood what it took to bring everybody together. And and instead of sort of losing yourself within that whole mental, emotional mindset, you you really go in there and and change it around and begin to win games. And and it's very difficult. It is very hard because this is a tough league, man. I mean, every team is talented. And any little thing, small thing, forget three or four big things that come in, one small thing can tear your team up and 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 I think that's somewhere within this picture the guys have really got to come together and really begin to to click together, not start separating each
1: other. And that's the thing I've noticed about this team, and I've said it all year long, and I said this team is different because I felt like they were very, very close, a tight-knit bunch, and and that includes Henry Ruggs and and, and Derek Carr. We know he's no longer playing with the team. He didn't pass away, but obviously the incident was very tragic with what happened, and so he's no longer with the team. So how do you think that that affects, you know, especially Derek Carr, who looked like he had a tight, tight relationship with Henry Ruggs?
0: No, it, 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 it does affect the team. It really does. And, and for some of those, those types of issues and all that, there is no real answer you know, to put a, right. your finger on and say, this is what you need to do. I think every player, you sort of go back to the, the basics of being an NFL player. First and foremost, it's a short career. It just is. It is your livelihood, and you're dependent upon this for your family and all those different elements of just you personally. When you get into the idea of your team, your teammates, and all of those things, you cannot win this alone. So you understand that everybody has to be playing for each other. And and oftentimes we sort of go into our little shell, and we just go out there, and we just, you know, we play maybe good enough to get by and don't even realize it, but we forget that, listen, this is a big deal. Right. And you know, you, you quit maybe watching the film that you were watching before, you know, the, the late hours of watching the film, coming on the field early, leaving the lake, doing all those things that maybe you didn't want, you just start getting a little dejected and, and one teammate does it, all of a sudden another one starts and then before you know it, there, there's other problems that are created within the team that all these other issues brought and you lose sight uh, of, the, of the goal of just what you're trying to accomplish. I don't I mean, I can tell you from a big-picture standpoint what needs to take place, it, but it's, it's more complicated than simply everybody, you know, the, those leaders that are within that team, getting them together and having a real, you know, come-to-Jesus talk with, with, with all the players that are there about where they're headed. Because if you continue this, this move here in this direction, there's going to be a lot of players that just won't be playing anymore next year. That's just right. a
1: fact that's reality. I mean, that's that's the facts when everything is is rolling pretty smooth, you know? I mean, absolutely. The, the NFL stands for not for long for a reason, and so with the coaching staff that's there, there's a lot of former, you know, uh, head coaches And Gus Bradley, you got Tom Cable, you got uh, Rod Marinelli, you know, you have guys that have that head coaching experience and, and Rich Versace has been around the league for a very long time. How how difficult is it for the coaches to be able to kind of help those guys along because ultimately Van it just feels like to me that it's a it's a player's decision. To to take that next step, it,
0: it is, and I, I think I think coaches can get each individual player in a room and, and have a you know their leaders and, and those guys that they think have influence really have a good talk with them, then maybe bring a few players, three or four of the players in, and begin that process. But but even those guys, I think it, it's just a struggle when all of these things have come at you. Just how do you all of a sudden, bam, you know, tomorrow. It's got to change. I mean, you know, today they had their day. Also, they got, you know, start the new week and 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 how they are able to influence these guys mentally and emotionally is really the key because the athleticism there, you know, the, the abilities there, all those things can 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 win. But emotionally, and again, I'm just telling you, it doesn't take much. It mm-hmm. really does not take much to lose. And, you know, everybody's so talented in this league and the coaches and the systems and all of those things. But, you know, I can tell you this. I mean, why did the plays – why did some of those plays take place back when I played that were just kind of crazy? I mean, why does Buffalo – all they're trying to do is run the clock out and they win the game, and all of a sudden they run a play. There's a fumble. We get the ball, kick a field goal. That was the year we won the Super Bowl. Why do those plays tend to happen? Because – Mentally, physically, all of those things, you're, you're closest to your teammates, your work ethic, all of those things together Q and again. I'm not going to try to – it just happens that way. Does that make right. any sense, what I'm saying?
1: No, yeah, it does. It does. And, and that's – that's. What, I mean, I love that you're saying it and pointing it out there like that because I think people need to hear that because sometimes we try to point fingers and say, okay, this is exactly why this happened. But like you said, Van, I mean, why do these things happen? Sometimes they just happen. You know, why did Deshaun Jackson fumble the ball and turn them multiple different ways when it looked like he probably could just go straight? <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, when, when – again,
0: this is going to sound a little out there – but when the team is not focused, when, when those things are not going on with the team, subconsciously, all of those things together, I can tell you those types of plays happen, even though the guy's a, a great player, man. Right. That's not happened to him before. All of a sudden, those are the plays that take place against you when it when everyone uh, is not really zoned in playing for each other. And, and you know, this team, something's going on within, within the team. It just is. They're, they're right. not... And, and, and then that begins to really take hold of itself and, and it can really get ugly. I just I hope that doesn't happen. You know I, I'm hoping that someone within that group uh, can, can sort of get in the middle of this and say, hey guys, you know and bottom line is, you know it, it, and I said this earlier,, Q, if these guys cannot understand that they may not have a job next year, because at, that is the beginning of the whole issue. That if you if you're not going to get paid, then your family's going to struggle. So that part has to be number one in your yeah. mind, man. Right? And and then from there, at least you begin the idea of you know you can be successful. You know if you commit your time, but then obviously it's, it's your teammates and all those guys begin to play together. They they sort of lock themselves in in the locker room together and say, hey, we're in this. No one believes in us but us. But we got to make sure that we really do believe in us. And I'm not sure that that's going on right
1: now. Well, I think that that's something that everyone, all of Raider Nation, needed to hear. That's why I reached out to you because I know that you have a way of breaking things down. And, and, I mean, you opened my eyes as well. So, uh, great stuff right there. I believe in 89, Van, if I'm correct, you guys ended up the season 8-8, and right? We did. Yeah.
0: There were other things going on at that time that – that led into to that, and we'd had a strike the year before in '87, and it just got ugly, Q. It just wasn't right on either side of that. I, you know, I, I didn't feel good about a player, you know, with it. Uh, Mr. Davis was upset with everybody, and I understand why he was. I mean, it was just ugly, and especially on a team where. Where you had a man that when you won games, he's going to take care of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know. I don't know of many fines that I ended up paying, and I had a lot of fines to pay. (laughs) And you know, and and so he just would take care of you that way because you'd win games. But it got to that deal, and 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 outside of of Stacy and just some other, again, there are there are deeper issues sometimes going on that you don't realize within a team that that sort of. Keeps them from being everything they could be, and that's what's going on there. And, and I don't know who's going to be the guy, the coach, the, the the group of guys, or whomever that gets it together and says, "Hey, I'm tired of this, man. Right. You know, let's get yep. together. We got to yell it out right here. We got to figure it out. We got to do something." But somebody, I mean, we had Matt Millen that would come in. We had Rod Martin. We had ten. We just had guys that that didn't put up with anything. I mean, we were bringing it together and going to get it right.
1: Right. So I don't Absolutely. Take it to death. I hear you. I hear you. And like I said, I, I hope that they heard it too. I hope that there's somebody that's tuned in and listening to that and, and soaking that in because that's a, a lot of greatness right there, and I think that you brought a lot of knowledge to the table. So, uh, Van, like you said at the top, well, man, I wish – Just
0: remember the defense wins games, okay? Yes. Because the defense needs to get it together, and they can. They got, they got
1: talent. There you go, brother. Okay? They got, they got the guys. Thank you, Van. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you. So there it was right there. I thought that was very informative. I thought that that was very helpful to kind of get inside the locker room and understand what some of these players may be going through. And obviously there was a lot going on in 89. As you heard Van McElroy say, there was more than uh, just the Stacy Turan loss, but that was big. And he, you heard him document what really the leadership, the the players on the team, what they have to do. The coaches could do everything that they want to do. They could talk to them as much as they want. They could put a game plan together. But it's ultimately going to be up to the leaders in that locker room to rally the troops and get those guys going. So I thought that was a damn good interview with Van McElroy. And not because I did it, but because of the knowledge that he dropped in that interview. So hopefully you felt the same way. We'd love to hear some thoughts on that as well. 707-654-4693. That's coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. Before I get to that though, I want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here of the show, including Built Bar. And I tell you about Built Bar all the time. And if by now you haven't tried them, well, you don't know what you're missing out on, and I don't know what you're waiting for. I mean, I tell you it's a protein bar, but I also tell you at the same time, it doesn't taste like one. You know, there's so many great flavors to choose from. It's not chalky, it's not waxy, it's not dry, so it's easy to swallow. It's not like it's one of those things that gets stuck down, halfway down your throat and you're all choking on yourself. That actually happens. That happens. I've had a protein bar where that happened, where I was choking. I'm like, I can't eat this. I, I can't even get it through my throat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, built bar, once you eat it, once you bite into it, you'll know it's absolutely different. It's 100% Real chocolate. Uh, it's soft. It's easy to chew. I even like to put mine in the fridge and give it a little bit of chill. But you don't have to. Bill bars are low carbs, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and they're high in protein. All the healthy benefits just by having this protein bar, and it tastes great. Throughout the month of November, they're gonna roll out limited time flavors every three to four days. So you gotta check their website early. You gotta check their website often so you don't miss out. Built.com, that's the website. Use the promo code LOCK15 when you find out what you want and you're ready to check out and you're trying to save some money. Yeah, LOCK15, that's the promo code. People hit me up all the time. Q, what was that promo code? LOCK15, it's all one word. LOCKED and then the number's 1-5. Built.com, do it today. Get a great taste of protein bar and even check out those limited time flavors. I also want to tell you about betonline.ag and betonline.ag continues to improve itself each and every day. Uh, they're excited about the basketball season, NHL being back, of course, boxing, UFC, uh, football, college, and pro. It's always Great time to get your gamble on. BetOnline.ag helps you do that. You can go to the website on your mobile device or your laptop, sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus. How do you do that? Well, on your first deposit, you put some money in, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and you'll get 50% on top of whatever you dropped in. So you can go small and put in like $300, you'll get $150 on top of that. Or you can go big and drop in $1,000 and get $500 on top of that. So it's your flavor, whatever you wanna do. Nothing's too large, nothing's too small. But it's up to you. As long as you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get that 50% welcome bonus. It's just more money for you to play with whatever you're comfortable with playing. And again, basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, it's all right there for you. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And it's where the games start. Segment number three, it's up next.
0: Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. Here we
1: go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Let's start things off quick, fast, and in a hurry with my guy Joe, formerly of KC, now in the ATL. He's calling to talk about the overall landscape of the team, including the upcoming game on Sunday, plus what he wants the Raiders to do if they're going to go down. Go down swinging. Here's Joe, formerly of KC, now in the ATL. What up, kill?
2: This is Joe, formerly of KC currently at ACL. I just wanted to, uh, chime in on, on just, the, the, the overall landscape of everything. Uh, definitely agree with you that this is a must win that we have coming up, uh, on Sunday. Um, if for whatever reason we can't pull it off, um, obviously that's going to mean that, uh, we're going to have to blow some things up and, uh, you know, hit that reset button. And, um, I'm okay with that. Um, but one thing I want, man, if, if we're gonna be, if we're gonna go out like this, I want us to go out as raiders, man. Go out as raiders. No, no more of the love. No more of the PC. No more, no more of that, man. Like we already see how we're getting treated, you know, in the media. You see how we're getting treated on the field by the like the referees, like what Max Crosby had to go through with all those blown, blown no calls, like. Hey man, if, if we're gonna have to start, you know, if we're gonna be treated like this, hey man, let's 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 go balls to the wall. Let's go to the end of the whistle. Like, hey man, if we're gonna if we're gonna get these calls, let's go earn them. If we're gonna if we're gonna have to continue to to go against the grain and and have all this negativity, hey man, let's go be be outlaws. Let's let's be that. And whoever we have come in. I want, I want a coach with that mentality. Um, I know this is going to sound crazy, but Dan Campbell, if we had a coach like that, I want a coach with that mentality. Obviously, we would need somebody who has the, the X's and O's as like, you know, for our DC and OC, but a, a head coach with that mentality that's going to really embody what we are as Raiders. I'm all for that, man. And I want us to be that moving forward. Hey, let's, let's go. Raider Joe
1: out. There he goes. Raider Joe in the ATL now, formerly a KC. Thank you so much for that call. And yeah, I mean, this game on Sunday really does feel like a must-win game. You know, and I, I don't always say that. Matter of fact, I never say that when you're still mathematically in the hunt. But man, it does feel like this game for themselves, for their their, their own mindset, they got to go out there and win this game. And uh, I kind of like your, your thoughts on go out with a blaze of glory if they're going to go down. Uh, but they do still have a chance. You know, they have six games in the AFC still, in my opinion. You got to find five wins out of eight games. Prefer six, but, you know, it is what it is. They got five right now. I think they need to find at least five wins, get double-digit wins to give themselves a chance at the playoffs. Six would almost assure you that you make the playoffs, but got to find at least five out of eight. Um, you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, and like I said, I would love to see a little bit extra fire, uh, a little bit extra juice, almost, a little, you know, that physicality that they used to have back in the day, but right now the Raiders can't afford uh, any dumb penalties. They can't afford any suspensions. Uh, matter of fact, they can't afford to do anything that may cause retaliation, you know, that also could turn into uh, injury to themselves, so they gotta be smart. They really, I mean, it, in theory, it sounds great to go out with a blaze of glory, go out like some old school Raiders, but uh, I don't think the league would allow them to do that, but thank you so much for the- call I do appreciate you next up I got a very lengthy text from T3 Raider Facts he's hitting us with the five quick hits of the day I haven't heard from him in a minute but uh, here we go one Derek Carr is still the quarterback of this team I agree with you Q that at some point during the second half when he was pressing and starting to get really frustrated they should have just sat him down maybe Mariota could have infused a little life in the offense but I just don't know Two, there was a lot of red in the stands on Sunday night. I know ticket prices are inflated, and I get the frustration by fans over this, but this was a home game on the biggest stage for the week, and the nation let the Chiefs take over their house. You can't let another team do that, particularly a division opponent. Denver didn't let that happen, even though they lost. And the Chargers, well, that's not really their house, and it never will be. Three, You're welcome, Travis Kelsey. Not only did this young man get to eat, but he came back to the dinner table multiple times. As a defense, you have to know he's the main weapon, and you have to find a way to neutralize him. Better planning needed on defense. Four, speaking of the defense, I know there's been a lot of whining and complaining about opponents holding the Raiders' defensive linemen and edge rushers. I get the anger and frustration now. Do something about it. If you have to create more stunts or switches, do that. I've said many times that the Raiders traditionally have not invested picks in solid defensive linemen and linebackers, and it's coming home to roost. Now, given what we have, we have to make the rest of this year simply work. And five, is this a playoff team? It should be. It can be. The rest is simply up to the team. This week's game against the Bengals should be viewed as an elimination game. The Raiders just need to simply survive and advance. I still wouldn't be satisfied at 6-4, and but I would certainly take it. Raider Nation, we all have our differences. We all have our beefs and our gripes, but we can still control our own playoff destiny. I'm passionate about that still, and if you know me, you know what I say. Passion always outlives fashion. That is from T3 Raider Facts, and yeah, I mean, a lot of good points right there. You know, really a lot of good points. Derek Carr is definitely the quarterback of the no doubt about it and I definitely was not trying to say that and I know you weren't saying that but a lot of people thought that that's what I was trying to say when I said that Mariota should have finished off that game no not at all Two, Las Vegas is a destination location. People are going to go, especially a big primetime game. They're going to do that. If you want to quiet down the crowd, do like the Raiders did against Philadelphia and beat the brakes off them. The Eagle fans, you wouldn't even know that they were there. The Bears fans, you knew that they were there loud and proud because, well, the Raiders didn't show up to that game. So uh, really, the Raiders just got to go ahead and make their own home field advantage by being dominant at home and not allowing teams to go into their house and win. Simple as that. You win in your house. You have that home field advantage. You just know that, and teams know, and opposing fans know, hey, they don't really lose at home, so if we go there, we're probably going to see an L, and we're going to waste a lot of money. That will discourage them from going to the stadium. It's simple as that, but it's up to the Raiders. It's not up to, you know, don't blame it on the city. Don't get mad at the city. Don't get mad at the Raiders for being in Las Vegas. It's up to the team. We give so many damn excuses for the Raiders. It's up to the team to go out there and do something, man. The fans, we're doing our job. You know, it's not podcaster's fault. It's not radio guy's fault. It's not anyone's fault why the Raiders lose games. It's only fault it is, is the guys on the field. But we give so many excuses and blame everything else from the officials to the venue to the other fans being in the stands. I mean, there's always something we give excuses. And I get it. It's the passion for the team. But at some point, let's look at the team and say, hey, it's your guys' turn. (laughs) Step up. Step up. Just like your point number three when it came to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, everyone knows he's the number one target. Don't allow him to beat the brakes off you. They didn't allow Darren Waller to beat the brakes off him. No team outside of Baltimore has allowed Darren Waller to beat the brakes off him. So do something about it. Either get Darren Waller involved like Travis Kelsey was on Sunday or take away a guy like Travis Kelsey like other teams do with Darren Waller. So... Uh, that's really all I can go through every single point but uh, you get the gist of it so th- thank you so much for that text I appreciate you next up and this will probably be the final call of the shows from Jordan in Oregon he's calling to talk about how quickly things could change in the NFL and how things have quickly changed for the Raiders here he is Jordan in Oregon
3: hey Q what's going on man Jordan in Oregon calling in hey I just wanted to chime in Army Raider great call you really put it in perspective with all the draft picks and misses and just kind of where this team's at um I also kind of wanted to chime in too, um, just, I mean, in perspective of it all, how fast things change. Q, you had a podcast the Monday, uh, before the whole rugs incident, the Giants week, the week of the Giants game. There were some things that, I mean, I was getting excited listening to that podcast, thinking like, what, well, we could be swinging for, you know, on the top playoff seeds, doing some things the Raiders just haven't done. And, and, uh, in 20 years, I mean, in twenty years they haven't done anything like that. And so even coming to winning the division, it's been like twenty years. So it just got me thinking, Q, how fast things change for the Raiders. Uh not only from that podcast you had just a couple weeks ago, um, we're now talking things instead of uh playoff scene, we're talking about what's gonna happen when they blow this whole thing up. And and that just really gets Got me thinking, man, that's crazy how fast things can switch. And then in the perspective of the Raiders' team, too, I mean, they had that that win at Denver that was very convincing. Um, They kind of took their foot off the gas pedal at the end of the game. Same with the Philly game. They got out to a really hot start, 30 unanswered, took their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, Those were October wins. I mean, we're we're in November after the bye week, lose a couple. It's just so crazy to me how fast things can change even with the team and the product on the field. And they've always been like a momentum team, I think, where when things are going their way, they kind of – they can snowball in the right way. But, man, I can't think of any team in professional sports that when things snowballed the wrong way on and off the field that – Has gotten hit like this. And so to, to, uh, finalize what I want to say, I still got some hope. Like you said, Q, it, it, you said slim hope. I still got a little more than slim hope. I'd say if they can somehow, um, come out and, and win this Cincinnati game and be looking at six and four, um, it's going to make that, that, uh, Thanksgiving game much more meaningful. And I think it would give them a little momentum going into that Cowboy game, which they're going to need. And so and the Cowboys have been known to be a little bit up and down this year. So I just think this this week, upcoming week, is very, very crucial because they're not going to be expected to win that Cowboy game. But if they come out, you know, and, and play good this week and somehow, you know, every time you think you've you got them figured out, we don't. But anyway, Q, have a good week, brother. Peace out.
1: There he goes, Jordan and Oregon, and I wanted to close out with that call because I thought that was a fantastic call. I mean, think about it. Just, what, a week ago or a couple weeks ago, uh, coming off the bye week, heading into the New York Giants? I mean, think about this. The Raiders have beat Philadelphia going into the bye. They were sitting there at 5-2. and two. They were off, and then the Chargers lose, the Broncos lose. I mean, there was all kind of good things that happened in the division, the Raiders were the number two seed in the AFC at that point, and they looked like they had a great opportunity to make a run, and everything was in front of them. And I was doing a show. That, that Monday leading into the Giants week, I was doing a show about how the Raiders won in the bye week without even playing a game. And then all of a sudden, the Henry Ruggs incident happens. And then all of a sudden, it just went boom. You went from the penthouse to the outhouse. Now all of a sudden, you're basically the the number eight spot For the AFC in the playoffs, and that's not even in the playoffs. You went from being number two to being tied with uh, the number seven spot, but since the Chargers have the tiebreaker, you're really at number eight with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are coming to town, number nine sitting right behind you. So, yeah, you're right. Things happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. And with all that being said, things can happen and change quick, fast, and in a hurry in a positive way if the Raiders find ways to get it together. And I do think those six games against the AFC, I know people are getting tired of me saying it, but the six games against the AFC out of the final eight games that they have are going to mean something it is going to be a big deal so uh yeah that's that's a great call my man i do appreciate you and you know what i'm gonna get this text in too i meant to get this in yesterday and i wasn't able to a text a real quick one from raider al in georgia my guy all i hear is how different this team is i never bought into it you have to show me not tell me it was all there for the taking and we didn't take it so what i see after nine games is the same thing i've seen over the past two years that's raider al from georgia and that's fine I'm not mad at you saying that you don't believe it until you see it. That's cool. I'm okay with that. I'll tell you, I'm going to stand by the fact that I believe this team is different. And the reason I believe this team is different is because exactly what you said. Show me. I've seen it. I've seen up close to personal why this team is different. Now, of course, when it comes to the wins and the losses as of late, that hasn't been there. I haven't seen that. But what I have seen up close to personal, and look, it doesn't matter. You don't have to take my word for it. Uh, but I'll stand by what I said that I felt like this team is different. I can tell that this team is a different team. They have talent. It's there. They just got to go and execute it and get it done. Will they? Now, that's another question. But I understand your, your point. I hear your frustration in your text. And I respect that. So thank you so much. You know, uh, Raider, Allium, Georgia. you my brother. So I do appreciate you. And uh, that's all I got time for on today's show. We got quantum Raider, a call from him uh, and a couple more text messages that I want to get to on tomorrow's show. It'll also be Thursday. So it'll be the crossover edition. Uh, we'll be talking to the host of Cincinnati Bengals locked on Bengals uh, as we prepare for week 11. That's right. Week 11 in the NFL uh, already, man. I can't believe that the season is flying by as quickly as it is, but here we are. So, until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.